Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I'm going to start making a couple changes, not to drastically change what the overall content of the podcast is, but to change it a little bit so it's a little bit more friendlier to the algorithms of we will take you down if we find our RP, IR, our, our IP in your show, which basically means I have made myself a little opening theme that will A, take less time, but B, not flag anybody for not abiding anything because I, as you know, I've been using anime openings and endings, which I will probably still link in the uh, description below where it warrants it. In the, in the description below it, of this podcast where it warrants it. But I also want to make sure that this is, like, not a thing that I get that people come find me for, basically. Because I love doing it, and I want it to do it in the way that it's most protected from bullshit. And just so you know, a couple of those changes have already happened. The first big change was I started actually scheduling things and actually deciding what shows I wanted to do in person. Yes, uh, it particularly was this episode. I am, you know, calling audibles every so often when I see something that I want to talk about. But by and large, what you're hearing now is like, I have known I wanted to do that show for usually over a month and I'm just getting to it and hitting it, recording it and putting that out. The other thing that you may have noticed that I'm a little bit more on point and that's because I've been taking my own notes and I've been taking my own notes in the form of a checklist so like I know that I hit the things I want to hit and I'm more concise and precise and all that fun jazz so on that note look forward to that stuff this will be running a little bit more radio like I hope by the end of the changes I planned for I'm all I've also just finished new podcast art that is actually original art that I did as opposed to me doing some trickery with an old still from um, Redline, from the anime movie Redline from a bunch of years back. So look forward to that updating in your podcast feed in whatever app you're using to listen to me right now. Now on that note, let's get to what we're talking about. And that's a little show from 2002 called Shinobi no Itoki. Anime considered. Lunchbox Radio. So I really find myself in the situation that I found myself in at the at the beginning, middle, and end of Shinobi no Itoki. And that is, and I'll elaborate on this more later, what do you do with a show that is not good, but isn't not good necessarily for any fault of its own, and more just, it just falls a little short what it's trying to do. 
but also it's something that I think that you should watch, you should check out on some level because it has a lot of ideas that don't that don't pan out the way you might want them to, but it does it does present those ideas, but maybe it doesn't present them in a full fleshed out A to Z way that you might get from a show that quite frankly has a longer runtime. One of the things that I've talked about this on the show before that I love about weekly style shonen action shows is that they run for too long. They just run for too long. It's insane. They get to like 120 episodes and they just don't they don't have it to like not have touched on on like little little tiny things about the world that you've never thought of before. One of the one of the things that pains me about My Hero Academia is that it hasn't run for straight through week week after week. That would be exhausting, a. Eh? But what it would also do is it would force that show to have to put in filler and it's going to sound weird. The filler in shonen action shows is where the kind of magic has the most opportunity to happen in my brain. And the reason for that is because they have to fill it with something. So what you end up getting is you end up getting these wild episodes of weekly shown of weekly shonen action shows like the Dragon Ball Z episode where Piccolo and Goku go get a driver's license. That shit's bizarre. <laughs> That's wild. That's Excellent. That's some goofy bullshit. I'm here for it. But it also, what it also does, it says like, wait, so like, Piccolo and Goku went to the fucking DMV and took the driver's test? What does that look like? That gives you this like, moment with those characters that is something that you wouldn't expect, but then also enhances everything else you encounter from then on. And also everything else you've encountered since to that point. You can see this, I think, best in Naruto, because Naruto is the first, really the only of the big shonen properties that full-on was like, fuck it, we're doing a full-on sequel. We're not, we're not going to continue Naruto until the end of the universe. We are cutting it off here. We're making our main character achieve his goal, and then we're giving you a new main character that we're going to you know, shift the story to be around in the form of Boruto. And in the earlier parts of Boruto, and they've gotten way, like, way farther than they have since the earlier parts of Boruto. Like, Boruto is set up in a pretty bizarre way from articles I've read. I don't actually watch Boruto. I can't. I can't. I can't. It drives me a little nuts because... The, for the same reason that I'm actually going to talk about Shinobi no Ituki drive me a little nuts. But what that show does, did in its earlier, in its earlier seasons, in its earlier episodes, was it used all of the world building, all of the stuff that Naruto, that the property Naruto had to tell its story with. There was a whole arc that took place in the Hidden Mist Village, which up till that point, we'd only ever heard about 
in Naruto, we met Zabuza very early on in Naruto, but we met Zabuza and, ha and Haku very, very early on in Naruto. So we knew that the hidden myth existed, but we'd never seen it before. They showed us what the hell Orochimaru is like doing. And surprise, surprise, if you haven't watched Boruto, he's not in jail. He's not dead. He's just like around being a creepy parent. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, and so that world building gives you a great base to play off of. And if I had a disappointment with something like with something like My Hero Academia, that that weekly. And they and My Hero Academia does get there with its season structure, and it had devoted like whole half seasons or whole seasons to shit that it doesn't have to do because of this reason. Because it needs the world building, because it needs the layers to tell the story it wants to tell. But that can happen in a more drip feed natural way with a week to week show, and. Then you have shows like this, like Shinobi no Itoki, and uh, or I guess the I guess the English name of this would be Itoki the Ninja. Um, let me look the the name the English name actually if it had one. I don't think it does. I think it's just Shinobi no Itoki, or actually it's got more titles here. Let's let's see what no. Yeah, yeah, Shinobi no it Itoki, but it roughly that that roughly translates to. Itoki the ninja, or ninja of it of Itoki, which is the actual literal word for word. But the biggest problem for for this show is that it doesn't have enough. It doesn't have enough to it. The stuff it would would do if it had a twenty four episode length. There's there's whole plot points and whole settings that it just doesn't have the time to explore. That it could spend a lot of time in and it could spend a lot more time developing. There, And what that ends up making it feel like is it gives it this... It gives it this History's Mightiest Disciple Kenichi vibe, which is really... Which is really strange. Which is... And when I say a history of my disciple Kenichi Five, if you've never seen that show, it's a pretty fan favorite show. I still think I don't think I've covered it on here, but I may at some point. I probably will at some point. But it's from 2006, so it's from the early aughts. From it's from the early 2010s, and it's this just kind of goofball martial arts comedy thing, almost in the vein of something like Ranma, but with kind of the same amount of slapstick and comedy in it, if I'm honest. And it's it's meant to not be taken seriously and meant to be really goofy, but it's also meant to have a whole lot of heart and intention behind it. And you watch History of My Mightiest Disciples, Kenichi, and it's got a vibe. And that vibe, in some ways, is present in this show in Shinobi no Itoki. But the thing that History of My Disciple Kenichi has, that you can clearly see, is it has this self-evident reason for being. Like, it it has a parable of what this show is about that is, like, Kenichi, the main character, 
is kind of a wimp, and he kind of sucks, and then he gets, like, absconded with by these martial arts fucking weirdos, and they basically torture him for the entire show. And then, by the end of it, he just, like, knows how to kick people's ass, because he's been through these, like, hellish training for most of the show. <laughs> and for all, for really all of the show. It's almost a little bit like a goofier version of, of Hajime no Ippo, if that makes any sense. But, and the reason why this has those vibes is because it, Shinomi no Itoki starts to do that. It starts to have a main character who is just kind of like lost at sea, at, at sea in life, but comes into his own eventually. But they don't really, they don't really follow through on it. And that's really this show's biggest problem is you could, you could forgive a lot of it with a lot of what this show does wrong if A, they had more time to flesh out the, the concept and B, they, in that fleshing out, they connected things better. So one of the things that got me, that attracted me to this show was everybody said, it's got a wild first episode and, and wild first episode surprise. And that's true. That's totally true. But it doesn't, It doesn't, it doesn't, kind of. Like, when you... So, spoiler alert for Shinomi no Ituki from this point on. If you want to go see it, if what anything of what I've said has interested you, pause this. It will still be here when you're done. It's 12 episodes. I watched it in a weekend because I'm insane. But you can go watch it or go watch as much of it as you want. You can get the idea and come back and listen to it. But basically, the first episode starts with this with our main character, Ituki, and he is just at normal school. And immediately, immediately your red flag goes all the way the fuck up because he's being followed around by this girl who's also his age named Kotetsu, named Kosetsu, which not Kotetsu, Kosetsu. K-O-U-S-E- T-S-U, like Kosetsu. And that's one of the things about this show is, like, you could name your character anything, man. Like, I, I get that this is a ninja show, and, like, you want kind of more Japanese-sounding names, but, like, we got Itoki as the main character, we got Kosetsu as the, like, it's as essentially his, like, the first side character, we have Tokisada as the as the main as of like kind of badass character, and that's not a great pronunciation or memorability name, at least in English. Yumika is his mother, and then on and on down the line. But it, it seems odd. It seems like. Itoki's mother, Yumika, is really overbearing and has him, like, scheduled within an inch of his life. And he's just kind of going along with it because he doesn't know what to do and he's in middle school and he doesn't really have any autonomy yet. And you're, you're, seeing this, you're seeing this young guy, 
right before maybe he starts to break the rules, right before maybe he goes against his mother. But also he's being followed around by Kosetsu. And this giant red flag about Kosetsu is that she wears a, like, like, a, she wears a face mask the entire, for two-thirds of the show, almost. For most of the show. I think all of the show, except for maybe, like, the last three episodes. And she refu- and she poignantly refuses at all points to take it off. She just refuses. And she follows Ituki around like a fucking shadow. Like she's like always about five steps behind him and refuses to walk next to him even. And seems to have this like disdain for him, but she's clearly keeping an eye on him and she straight up says this because his mother tells him to. Tell tells her to. And tells and tells tells Kosetsu like, make sure he goes to all of his classes, make sure he goes to all of his extracurriculars, make sure he's not slacking off. And Kosetsu takes that very seriously. But, that, and that's just presented as just a matter of fact. It's just a straight, normal fact. <laughs> and you, as the viewer, like, even with, like, the levels of anime allowances of weirdness that is in your head. This show, I will say, does a good job of saying, this is a red flag, this is weird, what the fuck's going on here? And then a little ways into the show, uh, Itoki is just like walking home, and I think Kosetsu has left him alone at this point. And a truck veers out of control and and he's about to hit him. And you've been given the information at this point that he takes tons of, that he takes, and you've seen him in a, uh, like, professional level acrobatics, uh, not acrobatics, gymnastics class. And the, but when I read why I said acrobatics is because the amount of acrobatics he performs, like he he single handedly like runs up a street pole, like a like an electric pole on the street, and backflips over the car over the small truck that that like wraps around this street this street light basically, in like a back suburban alley in Tokyo, and between that. And Kosetsu, like, following him. You, at that point, you're like, there's something up with this show. This show's fucking too, too offbeat, too weird for, th- for like, those, those pieces of information not to be related and or go somewhere. And then eventually you meet this character, there's this character who confesses to Ituki and... Ituki is, I forget her name, but she's not super, she's not super important, but she's got pink hair. And Kosetsu, and, oh, uh, her, her name is, is Satomi. And this girl said Satomi, I believe, confessed to him and said, hey, I really like you. And then what she does from that point on is she like speed run. It seems like she's speed running the relationship. And then all of a sudden, and this really feels like all of a sudden, she wants to c- 
cut him into little pieces. And at this point, at this point of me watching the show, I knew kind of the twist. I knew that at some point this girl tried to take advantage of him and tried to kill him. So it didn't hit me probably in the way it should have. But it hit pretty hard. And it was like, whoa, this show did this really well. This show, like, gave me the pieces to know, like, this is going to break bad at some point. This is going to get weird at some point. How do we want to, but like, when and how? And then all of a sudden, and, and also they have, at this point, they have cut, you have seen his mother working in, like, a local family grocery, in, like, a local grocery store. And they've cut to this guy who is, like, he's not the floor manager, but he's an employee. And when you see this guy's face, you're like, oh, fuck, that man murders people. Like, just straight, this man is not, like, this man is not your local neighborhood grocer. This man is a machine built to kill. And that character, you ultimately find out, is named Tokisada. And, like, everybody just kind of takes pity on him when you encounter him. They're like, it's fine. Like, he's functioning on pure logic. He's not built to, like, do customer service. He's built to murder fools and take names. Why don't we take him into the back and just, like, make him load boxes? It, like, the, like, we're paying him for this because that's the societal cover we've got going. But, like, we don't, like... It's not important that he does this fucking job. It's important that he's sharp enough to murder a fool. <laughs> but only they, they don't say that. But, like, you see him and you're like, oh, shit, I Scott. Like, this dude looks like a Yakuza member. Like, he did not look like polite society. And you've all, and they've also focused, they've also put soft focus on all these other characters in the kind of local area that Ituki lives in. And then, when this girl goes to try and murder him, those people show up to kidnap him, protect him, and kick that girl's ass. And he's just like, what the fuck is happening? He's like in the back, and also Kosetsu, like, touches her wrist and, like, Gains a black, like, techno ninja suit. And kicks ass and take names. And, like, basically throws him over her shoulder and gets him the fuck out of there and into a car. Where they retreat to his family home. And he's like, what? This isn't my, Like, we're not going to my family home. My family home is in the other direction. It's in the neighborhood. Like, it's not that far away, guys. It's like, no, your actual family home. And they that's the point which they give away the, like, ghost, is that he is the heir to a nin- to the ninja tribe. To a ninja tribe. I, and they, they use actual, like, historical uh, ninja tribe names. So he is the heir. He is the 15th heir, heir to, I believe the 15th heir to, or the 19th heir, sorry, to the Iga ninja tribe. And the girl who he thought wanted to fuck him, but actually wanted to cut him in tiny pieces, was, or, or capture him and hold him for hostage for MacGuffin reasons you'll find, I'll, we'll talk about in a second, is part of the Koga Ninja. 
And from there, you're dropped into like this world of ninjas. Like you as a viewer and he now know ninjas exist. Here's the deal. Here's what's going on. And then they introduce what in most shows would be an entire season or most of a season or most of a show of a concept. And that is the ninja school. The like school that they go to to like learn how to be ninjas and like be and become ninjas in safety and uh, in safety and security. And at this point when they presented that in the way they presented, I'm not going to spoil that part. It, I was like, this is a great concept. This is, this is a great way into this. Because, like, you, what they've done effectively here is they've added a, they've added a, they've put you into a normal world. They put you into reality. They put you into 2022 in a suburb of Tokyo, in like a close suburb of Tokyo. They put you basically into Kamakura Town in 2022. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. And then they've taken all the correct steps to add this layer of... to add this second layer on to reality. But... What I said before is really true. They're constantly almost there, but not, but they miss the mark. And what I mean by that is they gave you all the building blocks to be like, there's something weird about this show. They tell you what the weird thing is. And then they kind of just don't do anything with it. They they clearly do stuff with the ninja rival, with the ninja clan rivalry and ninja village rivalry and all that stuff. But what they... The the path that many anime would have taken is they would spend a ton of time in this ninja school. You, you would meet... You would meet professors, and you do, you do meet two professors, basically. You would meet professors, you would have an arc in that ninja school, it would be a stretched out thing so that when they move the these ch child characters, these essentially 15-year-olds from that setting, it hits harder. It makes more sense. It feels weightier and heavier. But they, A, they, as soon as they come up with a ninja school, it kind of feels like they disregard it. It kind of feels like, and it's this ninja school where ninjas from all from all clans can go and be safe and they immediately contradict that in a way that doesn't feel earned. And it's at this point that well, I'm like, why would this show made? Because it has aspects of being a power fantasy. It has aspects of being what if you found out woke up tomorrow and found out you were a ninja. And you, you were like the head of this clan. That it, that in the in the text of the show functions less like a ninja clan and more like a yakuza clan. Like all the all the cues when Ituki finally like becomes the head of the ego ninja portray him almost as like a young yakuza boss. 
with like a second insert in command and like he silences objectors and all this other stuff. But it it doesn't go far enough to make that power fantasy satisfying. Like and I understand why we've never gotten a I've understand why we've never gotten in anime really that I can think of a story about becoming a yak like a young kid becoming a yakuza member because that is that is horrifyingly sad as someone who has seen the yakuza paradise arc of uh, black lagoon a lot that's a horrifyingly sad thing. Like, you being dragged down into the murky waters of organized crime world is, like, not a great thing to experience as a teenager while you're a teenager. Like, when you don't get to make that choice. But this doesn't really do that. It invents reasons to make it happen. It falls through on those reasons. I will give it that. But then it doesn't, like... It just doesn't... Like, the whole thing feels slightly off. And it, it... It feels less like a character finding themselves. And and maybe this is the point. And more like a... Character being forced into finding themselves by an absurdist situation... That doesn't that that the math hasn't added to, and that's really my problem. It's like you're given when you're watching this show, when you're watching the first episode of this show, episode of the show. I I would encourage you to actually like not do something else but to watch it because it is giving you all the flags that tell you what the deal is, and that Itoki has a chance at a ninja. But what it feels like it's doing in retrospect, once you've seen the whole thing, is it's giving you, like, the first... It's Those things were given as, like, the first pass of things that would prepare him to be, a ma- to be like, a top-tier ninja. Like, what does a ninja need to know how to do? Oh, they need to know how to do gymnastics and, like, do flips and shit. Absolutely. What does a ninja need? They need a bodyguard. What does a ninja master need? They would probably need and want a bodyguard. Absolutely. Check and check. Um, but by like by both committing really seriously and really hard to the bit but not really fleshing the bit out in a way that feels that makes all the characters feel full and meaningful including the main characters it doesn't it it just doesn't it doesn't flow right. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't... It's like, the... thing of it doesn't work right. And on that note, it just, like... It struck me when I was done with the show that, like... Would I say for somebody to watch it? Absolutely yes. Because the points... When the show hits, when the show gets, like, a piece of itself right... It gets it all the way right. But the problem is that, like, that's not the whole show. 
like the, for example, the 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 school setting they throw away. They just throw away the entirety of that school setting. And I I have this feeling with this show and is that a I think it was probably it pretty badly paced. It it's probably a mangled mess of what the original source material was. And I'm not sure if the original source material was a manga or a light novel or... It's an, oh, it's an, it's an original anime. So that's, that's even stranger. Like, it's not... It doesn't have a source material, so it doesn't... And I didn't know that until I just looked this up on uh, its, its Mal page. I, since it doesn't have a source material, they they built this from scratch. It wasn't something like the the writers built this from scratch. It there wasn't something pre-existing that they were picking parts of. So a great example of this I love to go back to is Paradise Kiss. So if you've ever watched Paradise Kiss, there's a character in kind of the middle third of that, in, like, kind of the middle to final third of that show, and, like, that, like, it's six episodes, he's probably in episode four, I bet, uh, and you meet him, and the show straight up pauses, and shows you to do this a lot, <laughs> and he's basically like, hey, if you want to know more about me, maybe go check out this anime and this manga, or, or, and or this manga, they're both the same story, but, like, you should read it, because, like, this, like, I'm basically here to let you know that, you're, that you've stepped into a pre-existing world. And I believe he shows up in the manga, in the manga for Paradise Kiss, too, and, like, it gives a little explainer box of, like, oh, this dude used to run me, the, this dude runs the apartment complex that Miwako, that Miwako, that Mikako, Miwako, the, like, pink-haired, goth loli, the, like, Lolita character in that, her older sister in that show had her own 50-episode show called Neighborhood Stories. And a lot of the characters that you meet, that you think you're meeting for the first time, and being introduced for the first time in Paradise Kit, were introduced in neighborhood stories when Mikako, the older sister of Miwako, was going through art school, was going through fashion school, <laughs> in the way that George Koizumi is going through fashion school currently, currently in that show. And what that does is it, like, gives you this little hint of, like, oh, if you go looking for this guy, then Ayazawa's fucking got you. <laughs> And because this doesn't have that, because they're, like, making it up full cloth, it strikes me as odd that they only made... And maybe this is what they got the budget for. They only made a 12-episode show. Because the show doesn't feel finished. It doesn't feel complete. Like I said, it starts plot lines that it just, like, holds over its head and violently chucks down out the window of a fucking skyscraper. It's like, hey, isn't the idea of this ninja school at least a little interesting? Too bad, 
We're going to spend like two episodes here. And then we're going to shut it the fuck down and move the fuck on. It's... I'm struggling to like focus on much else about this show at this point because it that's so much of its problem. It has this it has these like technologically interesting ninja tools and it has this village that that's what they it has one ninja village that that's what they do. They just build ninja tools and they don't really spend that much time on it. Like you you, you see the characters for plot reasons but not much outside of that. One of the one of the things that I think that a lot of anime can miss, that a lot of, especially shonen anime can miss, and that, and that we as fans, we as otaku, invent for ourselves, is that part of what makes anime, part of what made anime so phenomenally popular, a huge part of it, was that it wasn't like Western cartoons. And what I mean by that there is, it wasn't like Tom and Jerry. And you're like, what the fuck, Alex? What are you talking about? And what I'm talking about is, when you see Tom and Jerry, when you first see Tom and Jerry, when you're watching an episode of Tom and Jerry, there's not a whole lengthy backstory. There is Jerry the mouse, Tom the cat, they live in a house, and Tom is trying to kill Jerry at all times. That's kind of it. There's a bulldog. There's Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird, I believe, is actually from Tom and Jerry originally. But don't quote me on that. But um, there's a, in any case, there's a bird. I think there's also a fish involved at some point. But the the basic idea is cat and mouse. It's not... It's, not, it's of like... It's a phrase. It's not a whole existence. One of the most like wild things about the Tom and Jerry movie, the first one at least, was there's a point at which those motherfuckers talk. And as someone who saw that in the theater as a child, like, no one was quite sure what the fuck was going to happen when Tom and Jerry talked. Like, we weren't real positive we wanted that, and then it happened. It, it it actually felt a lot like when Pikachu talked in that movie and everybody was like, whoa, I don't think that's loud. <laughs> because it was this stretching out this like expanding of what Tom and Jerry could be beyond the kind of slapstick humor. And so much of anime is in those little slice of life moments, those little in-between moments where just like, and what that they had a lot of in the first episode of this show where like characters in school and having a, and having a social life where the character's walking home with a childhood friend who just kind of ribs him. So much of this show needed more of that. It needed more of these little connector moments, of these little beautiful moments of just like being with the character, allowing the character to flesh out and be like a full person. Like when by the time you see Itoki in the finale in the finale of the show, 
he doesn't feel like a full person you know. He feels like a jumble of an idea of main character Kuhn. Same thing with goes for goes for Kosetsu and these other character and these other characters like Kirei or what's her face the the weapons girl who might be or Ryoko the like weapons girl the character the the, the characters that escape that are the adult characters, which I find really interesting. So, the character who probably escapes it the most is Tokisada. And the reason he escapes that is because in this show, Tokisada gets his own, like, infamous nickname. Like, like you might find in, say, a Naruto. And this show, at least I watched the dub because I, I kind of knew what I was getting into when I watched this thing, so I didn't want to, like, have to read it, too. And they make allusion to Naruto. They make allusion to, like, ninja fiction. And at some point, Itsuki is like, well, am I going to, like, be able to use, like, ninja magic and, like, spit fireballs? And <laughs> I, don't, I forget what was happening, but it was this, like, charming moment of, like, Kosetsu just being like, motherfucker, you've, you've read too many comic books. Like... If you want to do this, you have to do, you need this. If you want to do that, you ha need that. You, like, you can't just use a water-style jutsu. Like, you have to have water on your person or in the environment and have a way to manipulate it. Like, we aren't fucking magical fucking fairy people. Like, if, if you want, if you want to use fire in some way, your, like, super suit that we all get needs, like, a saying that will ignite fire and you see that later like you see a character who straight up has a specialty like fancy ninja suit that just just has a flamethrower arm and he just points at people and fucking lights them the fuck up it's hilarious because it's it and in that moment that show is doing some of that legwork that you want that you want out of it the entire time and it's just saying like no we we've given you we've given you the reveal like we, we're not also going to reveal magic, and then when and then later on, knowing that, Itsuki like pulls something off in the fact that like he uses a candle and like duct tapes it to the ceiling above a like below a sprinkler to cause the sprinkler to go off, and it's like has this like a moment of like. Oh, that's how you could pull that off. And he even said he's like, fire combined with water, sprinkler jutsu, or something to the effect. And that's a cute moment from there. But like I said, Kosetsu doesn't get much, doesn't get enough fleshed out for story reasons until the end of the story. But the, like, world-building outside of that little moment of, like, no, you dumbass, there's no magic in the world, it's done by... It's done by a lot of the adults. It's done by encountering a lot of the adults. So the first adult, you, the one adult you get the most of is Tokisada. And like I said earlier, he has his own in-universe nickname. And they call him Tokisada the Demigod. Which... It's just a badass name. It's just a badass nickname all the way around. Like, if you want to, like, 
say Alex the demigod. That's like that's like some Charlemagne the god shit, literally. And they call him that because he's just a nightmare person. Like he, like I said earlier, built to murder. Like that's all, that's basically what he's good at. He's built to stalk you like a ninja and end your life. And they also do that with Yumiko in like giving in just giving you. And Tokusada gives this to Ituki and by extension you the audience. He just explains like, look. She's not a ninja. She was not born into this. She married into this shit. And then her husband, your dad, super fucking died. And then she had to take over the village. And so she's been like doing her goddamn best. Why were you in all those extracurriculars? Because she didn't want you because she didn't want you to have to struggle so hard, dumbass. And all of these character, all of these characters are giving you all of this stuff that could have been a shown in flashback. There is one incident in which they show you a little bit of a flashback, and it feels so right that you're stunned that they don't continue it or do more of it. Only the other thing about this is, and I'm gonna compare this actually to uh, a different to another show called Tenjo Tenge, which I've talked about on this show. Tenjo Tenge does this really expertly. Is it gives you this internal life of these adults that it is clear to you from the minute go that all the children, all the children in this show in Tenjo Tenge, all the teenagers are dealing with all of this adult bull, are dealing with all these adult bullshit. The good guys, the bad guys, all of it. And it's all intertwined and, inter- and tangled. And one of the best parts of Tenjo Tenge, kind of the arguably the only good part of Tenjo Tenge, is the large section of it that is a flashback. That is just, okay, here's how we fucking got here, guys. <laughs> here's, here's why there's this, like, whisper in the wind of this fucking once-upon-a-time genius guy who doesn't... Who is, who is not alive anymore. <laughs> Here's the deal. And that, when you come back to reality, when you come back to the main part of that show, that gives everything more value, more gravitas, all of it. This never does that to a full extent. It would need another 24, it would need another 12 episodes to accomplish that. It would need another, it would need more space to do what it wants to do and for the resolution, which really falls flat because it doesn't feel like a resolution in a real way. It feels like, oh, they have school in the morning, I think. And also, Tokusada definitely just killed that man. And now he's wanted by the law, by the ninja police, which are a real thing in this show. And it's just... uh, on one hand, it's a shame that this show didn't get more to it because it it was definitely introducing parts of it, part that could be fleshed out and could become a full thing. And it, I'm not sure if it's got a second season in the it announced yet, but it I'd be interested to see what they do with the second season because this season has built a current 
thing had built current things they could play off of. But would all, what would also be great is if they had a season at some point that was a flashback. That was, this is how we got here. That was, this is what this bad guy was in his earlier years. This is what, this is what Itoki's father was. This is what, this is how Itoki's father met, met Yumika, his mother. This is how Tokisada became Tokisada the demigod that you see in this show because, or, or even this is who Rea was before she was contracted by the Koga to spy on people, to spy on the ego for decades. This this show needs more substance to it. That doesn't mean that I don't think you should watch it. I think that the kind of... If nothing else, watch the first episode. And, like, it's a fun ride on some level. But it's not... It's nowhere near perfect. But I think that first episode is kind of a... It's a pretty good class in how to... You know mark out like oh you think you're watching one thing we're, we're gonna get you to something else just just stick with us and that that first episode's pacing and moments are really good and then it falls apart so i don't know what to do with this show it, it's interesting it i think it's uh, i think it's the thing that was worth making i don't think it necessarily had a reason to be made other than you had this what if question, but the and I've talked about what if questions a lot on this on this podcast, but the other side of what if questions is what if you don't get it what if you don't stick the landing on the execution of the reality of that what if question? What if so this is a perfect example. What if you woke up and you found out you were in you were like, part of a ninja clan. Okay, cool. You have to follow through on that. This, this show doesn't really... This show doesn't really follow through on it in ways that make the world feel meaningfully changed. To, to the extent of, like... They have their own ninja exam in this in very early on. And this is why I'm going to leave it. Because I think this is kind of the best way I can give you what this show kind of is. They have their own ninja exam. And the ninja exam is a pretty interesting idea. The ninja exam is basically... They report to this shopping center. And they're led to this back room. Uh, they report to the shopping center. They... Go ask an employee, like, I think the exact phrase was, where are the ninja meals? And the employee, like, takes them to, takes them to the back of the store and says, like, down the hallway to the left. At, report, you, you, report down the hallway to the left for your exam. And then they set it up as, there's all these potential ninjas from all these villages... Meaning, and what you, and if you've seen Naruto, what that means is there's all these potential characters, all these potential side characters from all of these ninja villages. Except it's not Naruto; it's Arl, and that is cool as fuck. And then they like have the episode happen, 
and they don't there's no stretching out of it like it just kind of works out and if you look at it this shows contemporaries uh, in something like my hero academia that like the school test the test to get into ninja school or the test to get into um into the hero academy it is a is its own arc. It's its own tiny arc where, like, Deku's running around fighting giant robots. And and that's also when you meet... That's where you first meet Uraraka. That's where you first meet all the members of Class 1A. And this show, put A, pushes off meeting until, like, he's in ninja school. But B, it presents... It, particularly present you with, like, a nasty Kanoichi girl that then did nothing with. Like, she's just there for shock and awe. She's not there even to be, like, the sound ninja, for, even, like, be, like, the hidden sound ninja from the Chunin exams arc in Naruto. Like, she's not, an, she's not a lasting antagonist for any amount of time. And... That feels like they just didn't have enough time. And that's re if I was going to come down on it, this show feels like a show that wanted to be better but didn't have enough time to be better. So it just had to hit the points it could hit along the way. If you're, if at any point this thing, me talking about this show interested you, I encourage you to go watch, once again, at least the first episode. That's a really good lesson in like, signposting things and then announcing things without giving away the game all at once. And that's available, of course, over on Crunchyroll. But if you like this show, new episodes come out every Thursday and every other Sunday. Thursday is more like this. It's more single-show-driven, single-property-driven, that kind of thing. Sunday is more metatextual. It's about high concept stuff, it's about animation, it's about the anime industry, it's about anime fandom, all that fun jazz. So on that note, I have been Alex, this has been Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you, I think on Sunday.